Yavat, whatever, sanjayate, comes into being, kinchit, anything, sattvam, existence, stavara, not moving, jangamam, moving, shetra of the body, shetragya, and the knower of the body, sangyogat, by the union between, tadvidi, you must know it, bharatarshabha, bharatarshabha, O best of the Bharatas. Translation, O chief of the Bharatas, know that whatever you see in existence, both the moving and the non-moving, is only a combination of the field of activities and the knower of the field. Purport. Both material nature and the living entity, which were existing before the creation of the cosmos, are explained in this verse. Whatever is created but is but a combination of the living entity and material nature. There are many manifestations like trees, mountains, and hills, which are not moving. And there are many existences which are moving. And all of them are but combinations of material nature and the superior nature, the living entity. Without the touch of the superior nature, the living entity, nothing can grow. The relationship between material nature and spiritual nature is eternally going on. And this combination is affected by the Supreme Lord. Therefore, he is the controller of both the superior and inferior natures. The material nature is created by him and the superior nature is placed in this material nature. And thus all these activities and manifestations take place. Text 28. Samam sarveshu bhuteshu trishtantam parameshwaram vinashyat swaninashyantam yapashyati sapashyati. Samam equally sarveshu in all bhuteshu living entities tishtantam residing parameshwaram paramaishwaram the supersoul vinashyatsu in the destructible avinashyantam, not destroyed, ya, anyone who pashyati sees, sa, he, pashyati actually sees. Translation, one who sees the supersoul accompanying the individual soul in all bodies, and who understands that neither the soul nor the supersoul within the destructible body is ever destroyed, actually sees. Purport, anyone who by good association can see three things combined together, the body, the proprietor of the body or individual soul, and the friend of the individual soul is actually in knowledge. Unless one has the association of a real knower of spiritual subjects, one cannot see these three things. Those who do not have such association are ignorant. They simply see the body and they think that when the body is destroyed, everything is finished. But actually it is not so. 
after the destruction of the body, both the soul and the super soul exist, and they go on eternally in many various moving and non-moving forms. The Sanskrit word Parameshwara is sometimes translated as the individual soul because the soul is the master of the body, and after the destruction of the body, he transfers to another form. In that way, he is master. But there are others who interpret this Parameshwara to be the super soul. In either case, both the super soul and the individual soul continue. They are not destroyed. One who can see in this way can actually see what is happening. Gallery. So Krishna devotes a, a lot of time in the Bhagavad Gita explaining the difference between the body and the self. In fact, that's the first instruction that Krishna gives to Arjuna when Arjuna is in distress because the cause of distress is bodily existence. And this is confirmed in the Bhagavatam. Payam dvitiya binibesha tasyad ishad apetasya viparya yosmriti. When I see that I'm separate from God, then fear arises. And there's a sense that at any time I can be vanquished. Because the external nature, bhutva bhutva praliyate, is constantly being vanquished. It's being destroyed at every minute, actually. There are larger and smaller events, but at every second, destruction is going on. And when I identify myself with that environment, and I think of it as myself, I think I am this body, and I also think that those things in relationship with this body are mine, then there's a constant state of bayam or fear because it's being vanquished. And not only that, there's a sense that the living entity develops in this state of duality of being averse to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Bayam dvitiya bini beshata syad ishad apetasya viparya yosmiti. Viparyosmiti means the opposite of one's natural mentality, which is to serve the Lord. And instead, one sees Ishad, God, Apetasya. One sees oneself as a competitor of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Viparyosmiti. Uh, and then this is a, a situation in which one is turned away in the opposite direction from one's real nature, which is happy and productive. So when Arjuna was in complete anxiety about his situation on the battlefield and stated to Krishna, as he does in the first chapter of the Gita, viparitani keshava, that now I see I'm going to get the opposite of what I hope for. 
And when I'm in reversed consciousness, that is thinking that I'm separate from Krishna and I'm a competitor to Krishna, then I start to identify with the material world as my home, my family members as my permanent kin and so forth. Then uh, Viparitani, inevitably, I get the opposite of what I was hoping for. I hope for happiness and I hope that I can have love and relationships, but those can't last. Um, I also think that I can have safety in this world. Shukadev Goswami, who's very rigid in his teachings, because after all, he's a great ascetic. He wouldn't come out of the womb for 12 years and then took off. Even when his father called out for him, he just kept going. Uh, he wanted nothing to do with the material world at all. And he describes Deha Patra Kalatradishu Atmasaini Sasatsapi Tesham Pramatonidhanam Pashanapina Pashati. He tells Parikshit Maharaj that this idea that I'm my body and that my wife, my husband, my children, my society, oh my friends, these are my protectors. He said, This is lunacy. Deha Patra Kalatradishu He said, This is all fallible. It has nothing to do with your actual situation. You're uh, in, an, in illusion. Um, Pramato means madness. This is a kind of madness. And although you can see it, people notice that the, the soldiers around us are dying, our bodies are dying and so forth. But Pashyanapina Pashiti, although he sees, he doesn't see. That's the potency of Maya to cover over the living entity. And so we can't see. So throughout the Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita, Nunam Pramata Kurutevi Karma, Yadindriya Pritaya Apranamti, Nasarumanye Yata Atmanoyan, Asan Apikleshada Asadeha. Rishabhadev said to his sons and to all of us, You shouldn't have taken on a material body in the first place. That's the first mistake. And then the next mistake is even worse, and that is to go on maintaining it or maintaining the body, bodily conception of life. And how does that, how is that maintained? This is a... Uh, that uh, there's a way in which by mixing with material nature, I get colored, my consciousness gets colored, it gets tinted by the various modes of material nature. And then by force of my own consciousness, I have to take a subsequent uh, birth in another situation that accommodates my consciousness. I'm being accommodated. Uh, and so uh, Rishabhadev warns, don't mix your consciousness with the three modes of material nature, because what's going to happen is automatic by the power of the modes of material nature. So Krishna says the same thing in Gita, 15th chapter, shariram gyanavatnoti yachat yukramatishvara grihitvaitani samyati vayur gandam ivashayat. He said it's very subtle, the process of taking another body, because according to 
the consciousness you've developed in this life, it has a kind of flavor to it, a scent. And because of that, material nature is very subtle and it carries you to the next body, Shotram Chakshu Sparshanam Cha Rasanam Granamevacha Adishtayam Manaschayam Vishayan Upasevate. You get a kind of combination of, of senses and a mind, all grouped about the mind, which are specifically uh, meant to accommodate you because of the, the consciousness you've developed. So then Krishna goes on. Ukramantam stitam vapi bunjanam bagunam vitam vimuna nana paschanti paschanti jnana chakshusa. That uh, those who don't know what's happening uh, when they leave the body, then they're just bewildered. Ukramantam, but what's actually happening is you're stepping out of this body. Ukramantam stitam vapi bunjanam bagunam vitam. You're in this body, but now you're stepping out of it. and you're, you're going to take another body according to the, the development of your consciousness, which is the real purpose of human life, is how to develop the consciousness, how to refine it to make it pure. And what is pure consciousness? Pure consciousness means that we are conscious of our original divine conscious source, which is Krishna. And when we become conscious of Krishna and we become conscious of simultaneously then of ourselves and engage in devotional service, then uh, our consciousness becomes pure. And by pure consciousness, we're situated back in our original constitutional position as a servant of Krishna. And uh, without knowing this, then yatanto yoginaschainam pashnyatman yavastitam, that uh, Krishna says, if you're trained in this, in this lifetime, yatanto yoginas chainam, paschantyatman yavastitam, yatanto pyakritatmano, if you don't refine your consciousness, he says, if you don't refine your consciousness, then what happens is you won't know what's going on. And when you take the next body, it'll just be a complete mystery and as Prabhupada says in, in a morning walk, he was talking to Vishnu Jana and Tamal Krishna Maharajas, and uh, he was describing the process of transmigration of the soul. And he said, you go to sleep as a man, wake up as a dog. Go to sleep as a, a man, wake up as a dog. Uh, there's a, um, Kafka wrote a, uh, a novel about the, the person who wakes up as a cockroach uh, and then realizes I have all these legs. I think it's a cockroach, not a centipede. Uh, and then, you know, the, the awareness is there, the consciousness is there, but then new body. So <clears throat> this is the um, training that Krishna is giving us in the Bhagavad Gita. Be aware of the fact that uh, you are the one who's making this happen. And therefore he recommends the process of devotional service throughout the Bhagavad Gita uh, so that you can purify the consciousness and become fully conscious of Krishna in this lifetime. And then when you leave this body, you will not be transferred again to another material body. You clean the consciousness by uh, especially by chanting the holy names, Cheto Darpanamarjanam. The, the 
the chanting of Hare Krishna cleanses the consciousness because Krishna and his name are, are the same. And Krishna is all light and he's pure uh, spiritual consciousness. And therefore uh, he's completely pure because, because he's completely pure when we identify with and uh, sincerely associate with the holy names, then our consciousness also becomes pure. So then uh, the Bhagavatam and the Gita go, uh, go, to, uh, go in some detail about the ways of material life. And uh, for instance, in the Bhagavatam, ninth canto, it's description that a person who's become aware that actually I don't have anything to do with the material world thinks of family and friends and society as uh, the same situation as if, let's just say we're staying in a hotel overnight and there's a bunch of other guests there. So uh, that, that devotee sees, oh yeah, these are other tourists and they're here in this place and uh, we're all just passing through. We're, we're lodged here temporarily by circumstances and and we're going to be moving on from these lodgings uh, this is the awareness of a person who sees that i'm not the body uh, and that actually i i belong to krishna i'm part and parcel of krishna so the verse says uh, tonight's second verse says that when a person becomes aware of krishna's presence within every living being that Krishna is there within the heart of every living entity. And that's a fact. He's there. So when one sees that, then one, one doesn't see that anything's perishing because that which is real never perishes. Uh, Krishna's there. The living entity's there. Uh, neither of them ever perished or simply moving from one position to the next. And Krishna is always there overseeing and permitting uh, as the Paramatma, the living entity moving from, from one body to the next. However, absorbed in material consciousness, I avoid the process of purification. And one of the ways is another definition of Maya is to measure. So today I was considering how the, the, the world is actually beyond our comprehension, it's, it's unlimited. Uh, it's a point on a line that's on a plane. It's unlimited, unlimited and we, if we contemplate that we're just actually spinning in an unlimited universe and uh, we can't comprehend it, it's very much, it's very overwhelming. So to create a context, human beings uh, make these uh, measurements. So I was watching as we were uh, <clears throat> traveling today to a couple of places, I saw people playing golf. So what are they doing? They're obsessed. Golf is a very addictive game, apparently. I'm happy to say I only played it once and I didn't like it. Um, and I only got to the putting green <laughs> to shoot some balls on it. somehow or other it was too much paraphernalia for me but in any case the uh the game of golf 
highly addicting. And what is it? It's hitting a little ball into a hole. Okay, there's a goal there. And this morning when I was walking through Washington Park near my home, I, I see the same guy out there every morning by 6 a.m. He's out there playing on the court and he's shooting and all day long people are shooting. What are they shooting for? A little hole to put the ball in the hole. Uh, what about football? You kick it into a special, you know, demarcated area, uh, whether it's American football or uh, European football, Indian football, cricket. Has you mark off the place, you chalk it out, and say this is our area. And I started noticing that everybody everywhere is marking off their little area and say this is my context, this is reality, and. In order to avoid thinking about the unlimited nature of the cosmos and oneself and the super soul, I instead become fully preoccupied by this idea of, okay, here's my next goal. Here's my next goal. Here's my next goal. None of these goals have anything to do with the ultimate purpose of life or the ultimate goal. And therefore, Bhagavatam says, Shrama Evihi Kevalam. No matter what you do, no matter how you organize your life, if you don't have the goal of reconnecting with the super soul, Krishna, then you're wasting your time. It's a complete waste of time. And I just take golf as an example. And people are very passionate about, they spend thousands of dollars to play golf. And what are they actually doing? It's a very serious game. You hit a ball into a hole. And you know, this is the preoccupation. But if you look out into the world, you'll notice this, that that's what everybody's doing with everything. They make a measurement, this is my country. It's ridiculous. Actually, as Robert said, this, it belonged to the indigenous people when you got here. And then, and if you look, if you study American history, you'll see the French owned part of it, then the British, and it, the map just changes unlimitedly. Where we're sitting right now was Mexico. And Everyone divides it up and then makes a little marker and says, this is my place. And so this is Maya. Actually, we're in a vast universe that's unlimited, unfathomable. And our self is beyond matter. We have nothing to do with this material nature or the measurements that we make here in this world. Therefore, the Gita points us, in the Gita, Krishna points us to remember me as the super soul in everyone's heart and make that your context for everything. So what happens when you do that? Uh, Sri Japanishad said, Yastu Sarvani Bhutani Atmani Vanupashiti Sarvabhuteshu Chatmanam Tato Navijagupsate. He says, if you're able to develop this context of seeing the super soul within everything, along with the individual soul, then he said, you'll never hate anything or any being. Tato na vijugupsate. You won't find anything abominable in this about the world. You won't find any disappointment either at any time because you're, you're fixed on what's actually real in this world, not on the constantly moving, the eternally ephemeral nature, uh, the, the material nature. And in the next verse, he says, Yasmin Sarvari Bhutari Mai Vadbu Bijanataha Tatrako Mohokashoka Ekat Vamanupashata. What will you hate? says the verse. 
what will you be disappointed with if you have this vision? Nothing. You won't, you won't be in anxiety. You won't feel fear. Tatrako mahak moha. Where will there be moha if you know this? Kashoka, where will there be shoka? Where will, where will there be lamentation if you know this? And this is where you tether yourself to this vision of the super soul and the individual soul within the body. So this is real knowledge. And everyone in the world, although they may be going on with uh, universities, all kinds of departments of knowledge and uh, writings that are embellished with uh, you know, literary devices, unless there's an awareness of the super soul and the soul and that they're within ever-changing material nature, then all of those are a useless waste of time. And this was the vision that, that uh, Narada gave us in the, in the fifth, can, fifth chapter of the uh, first canto of the Bhagavatam. He says, look around and see that all this it changing nature is, is simply a waste of time if you don't know uh, the, the nature of yourself. And everything that you hear, he says, based on this mistaken idea that we're part of this world will simply disturb your mind, simply disturb your mind. And it doesn't matter how refined it sounds or what department it comes from, or if the, if the place has a stamp on it that says, this is the greatest educational place in the world, it doesn't matter. It's still Shrama Evihi Kevalam. So, this knowledge is what makes us whole. It makes us happy. And that uh, is actually uh, edifying for every living being. And until somebody knows this, then Krishna says they don't have any knowledge. This is knowledge, Krishna says. And without this, Everything else, ignorance, total ignorance, darkness. However, uh, it, it appears with the goings on in the world that people know what they're doing. We, saw re we see recently that apparently uh, like the constitution and the government and so forth is based on some sort of like um, collective agreement. And so what if I don't agree? I'll just say like, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll just do it another way. What, uh, it's, all, it's all based on a, a temporary agreement that, you know, we're all going to get along, right? It's like, no, nah, I don't think so. And then the perception of reality changes. Everyone said, what happened? It's like, anything can happen in the material nature. It's, it's, it's based on a changing uh, medium that uh, we can never catch up with. And we can never make whole, we can never make stay in the same place. However, if we dedicate our lives, even amidst our careers, even amidst our, the process of education, we connect it to the vision that actually the super soul is there within every body. I'm uh, an eternal part and parcel of the super soul. I'm there within the body. And the main purpose of life, whatever I'm cultivating, whatever I'm doing is ultimately to become fully aware of the Lord 
and to dedicate my life in devotional service, using everything that I have to develop that consciousness. So now we'll take some reflections or questions to, to amplify the conversation or expand it. Actually, uh, that point you mentioned about <clears throat> how uh, Maya we are measuring and about how you said it's so ludicrous that uh, we have marked out boundaries, countries. I think <clears throat> that was... Uh, Maharaj, am I audible? Yes, I'm listening. Maybe not. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, so I was just uh, thinking that in front of my house, there are two groups of dogs and uh, they're fiercely territorial. And they have marked out <clears throat> saying this uh, street belongs to me and that street belongs to the other dog party. And when one dog from the other street comes over, they bark their way out and drive him away. And it's so laughable that how these dogs think that they are the owners of that street. But uh, I think it is very similar position uh, that we are uh, as well. We think that this is India, this is the US. And uh, I think Prabhupada once said that <clears throat> the immigration department is like the dog's department. They're keeping on barking, saying, why you have come here? Why you have come here? And just like uh, the dogs owning up that street does not mean a thing to me. It's laughable. I was thinking that maybe same way, the way we have divided the world into countries is laughable to the devtas. And uh, who think that, okay, how silly it is, right? So that's uh, yeah. just occurred. Yes, uh, this perspective is given in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam with Bhumi. And Earth personified, Bhumi, is observing how kings come in, they conquer other kings, they spill blood. And she says, once they conquer the earth, they're not satisfied. They want to conquer my waters too. And she said, it's ludicrous in that they're coming and going at the rate that we see insects come and go but they're thinking this is all important. So, of course, you know, Kukshetra and the battle there was something that Krishna wanted uh, because there is a way in which things should be divided up. There it's not that there can't be borders and there can't be, and, there, and it's not that there shouldn't be order in society and some idea of measurement into states and so forth. But unless the center is, Krishna conscious, then it's simply the political fighting. It never has, it doesn't have a, a sufficient definition of what, what is the purpose of it in order to survive. That's why Prabhupada criticized the United Nations, said ultimately you can get together, have these conversations about how we can work together, but it won't hold because there's no understanding where the center is. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Uh, Prabhuji, I have a quick question. How you mentioned that um, devotees uh, who see the super soul and all the living entities, um, they, they are not disturbed by anything. But um, we see that uh, even the exalted souls, 
sometimes like they they do get anxious and uh, they are also like um, when something happens uh, at least from outside we see that they also feel happy sad and all those things so how do we how do we understand what it actually means in a real world to to be equipoised well we could understand from seeing the example of of great devotees and how they interact with the world and krishna describes what uh, these elevated souls think and so he says atmao pam yena sarvatra samam pashiti arjuna sukham vayadivadukam sayogi paramo mataha he said the topmost yogi is one who's able to relate to the ways people are suffering in the world because he's he knows uh the the yogi who's been around in the material world knows that although we understand philosophically we're not the body and so forth it's still a great uh, darkness for the soul and it's very painful to go through things that's why devotees are actually better at spreading krishna consciousness uh, than anyone because they've had the experience and therefore they have this deep compassion krishna's all bliss he comes and shows his pastimes but how does he relate to the conditioned soul because you know he's above the modes of material nature he never touches it whereas those who have the experience they have atmao pamyena they are seeing in relationship to i know how this feels and therefore sukhamva yadivadu come when he sees them happy and distressed because of the identification with the mind then such a person uh, has compassion and tries to help them so devotees uh, know that the material world is very inconvenient even when you know what's what the situation is and uh, so i said examples of great souls prithu maharaj he was doing his duty and he was harassed by indra that's ari ariyatmak aribotik aridaivak there are the living entities that come <laughs> and disturb what we're doing i mean, like right now there's a lot of disturbance in the world uh, politically especially in america there's this you know struggle going on so people are always in anxiety what's going to happen next what's going to happen next and so prithu maharaj when indra stole his horse meant for the sacrifice he was doing his religious duty and and doing good for the world following the vedas and it got ruined and he became very angry and then brahma came and told him that it's okay you know let him let him be he's a devotee uh just don't get into the details he told him i'm try to fix it from that level just go back to what you know tatteno kampam susamikshamana bunjana evatmakritam vip pakam so the the devotee knows where the center is it's like in balancing balancing doesn't mean you stay perfectly still in fact when you walk down a rail you take a thin rail and you walk down it you'll notice that you go from side to side you have to put your arms out like this and and you're going like that and so the way you balance is you you understand this is the center i have to stay on it so devotees as they move through the world they understand where the center is for instance it's really easy to become morose in this world 
Yes or yes. It's easy to become morose, disappointed, mm -hmm. disgusted. Uh, you know, there's so many feelings that come through because of the nature of the world, especially in Kali Yuga. But devotees at least know that the solution is, okay, let me go back and hear Bhagavatam. <laughs> you know this. If you go back and, and hear Bhagavatam for an hour with your family and just read out loud, you're going to feel fine. You're going to go to, you know, you'll be able to take rest and not be in anxiety because you've, you've taken in the vibration. Or, you know, um, a devotee was telling me recently, it was a couple of years ago, it's like he was in so much anxiety, didn't know what to do, couldn't make it, a, he couldn't make a decision. Both, both choices sounded like a bad idea. And so he asked his mentor, you know, what should I do? And he goes, did you chant your 16 rounds yet today? And he goes, no. And he goes, just chant your 16 rounds. <laughs> so he said, after I chanted my 16 rounds, it seemed easy, you know? <laughs> so hard things become easy when you remember Lord Chaitanya and easy things become difficult. And the problem is a lack of Krishna consciousness. And so we know where the center is. So the, despite the fact that, that we get churned along with everybody else, we know where to hang on. And that's a big deal because you know, I can come back. I can, I can hold on to this uh, railing and I'll, I'll be saved because I know what it is. And that's a big difference between the relativity in the material world where the consciousness gets disturbed and then what do I do about it? I recently saw somebody sent me a video of rich famous people who are uh, suffering. And they're all talking about this one after another admitting it's like, okay, I'm famous, I'm very rich, and I'm miserable. I mean, a long string of them, dozens of them, people you know, you've seen them before. And, and they all say, you know, I'm not happy. And a few of them had some, uh, you know, quasi spiritual understanding, you know, one of them said, well, you know, I just know the purpose of life, I, I just try to be present. At least that's something. But this, these verses today, they talk about, like, if you develop this vision, okay, super soul's there. Like one time in, in my business, I had a really bad reversal, and then I was in anxiety, and I, and I was and one of the partners I was working with was a devotee. He's like, God, this is terrible. Let's, look what just happened. And he goes, well, just proves you're not the Ishwar. You're not the supreme Ishwar. <laughs> and you know what? Two seconds after I heard that, I felt... Oh, yeah, okay, I'm all right. And that's what this verse is saying. Remember, Parameshwar, he's there in the heart. And, you know, take shelter of that. Keep coming back. So as we're, you know, we're in this uh, churning material nature. We're getting tossed from here to there. It's very intense. But we know what Parikshit Maharaj did. We know what Pritu Maharaj did. We know what Bali Maharaj did. I mean... Everybody, we follow in the footsteps of these great souls to the best of our ability, and we're okay. You're always okay uh, when you take shelter of Krishna consciousness. And sometimes people get estranged from the process, and then they get thrown way far into the ocean. They think, oh, you know, what should I do? And then they meet devotees again. Oh, right, it's so simple. Krishna, Surya, Sama, Maya, Haya, Andakara. You know, Krishna's like the sun, and if you just... Hey, what's wrong? What's wrong? 
you know, it's like in the Three Stooges. There's this old uh, comedy routine. These three guys called the Three Stooges. He goes, I can't see, I can't see. And he goes, what's wrong? And he goes, I got my eyes closed. And he's like, you idiot. And he hit him in the head. He's like, open your eyes. What's the problem? Uh, there is no real problem except that I'm, I'm not, I'm forgetting Krishna in my heart. He's there all the time. And he's always giving me instruction, but I'm not listening. I'm, I'm listening somewhere else. I'm listening to something else. There's some device in my room. There's a device in my room that whenever it hears me <laughs> say a particular combination of syllables, it thinks it's helping out by offering me some advice. But super souls like that too. Super souls always listening to us, everything we say. I mean, you talk about, what is that one from Microsoft called? The all listening voice people put in their home. It's like Siri, only from Microsoft. Alexa? Alexa, yeah. Alexa, do this, Alexa. Alexa's always listening. And uh, Super Soul's always like that too. Always, to always to totally tuned in. And, you know, one thing about Vandanam, prayer is so powerful. Because if you tell Krishna, like, this is where I want to go. I'm, I'm being tossed by the waves of material nature. I want to remember you. Please help me. Then he gives us intelligence because Sarvasya Chamridi Sani Vishto Matak Smritir. He gives Smritir. If you just say, Krishna, I want to remember you. And the best way to do that is chanting very sincerely. Keep the mantra going. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Um, I was just remembering when you were mentioning about, um, I think it was the Constitution and when Prabhupada was talking about the United Nations, about how cooperation is so difficult now. And I just remembered like this recent Sunday during that global Sankirtan call, um, His Grace Bhima Prabhu was also mentioning how cooperation is one of the most difficult things this Kali Yuga. And then another thing um, was that in the second Gita verse we read, um, I think it was the 28th verse, it talked about how people who do not see those three things together think when the body is destroyed, everything's finished. And I was just remembering um, in the ninth canto when Hiranyakashipu tells that story about when I'm forgetting the name of the king, but when he's uh, he dies on the battlefield, then his wife's come, and then Yamaraj comes as a little boy and tells them, like, why are you worrying? The body's still here. Yeah, these are nice points. Cooperation is very difficult because we're individuals. <laughs> and, when it, and when there's no ultimate purpose to cooperate for, it becomes very difficult. And then Tsuyagya from the seventh canto, Tsuyagya Kashipu talking about bringing us to this ultimate point of understanding that everybody makes this mistake in the material world thinking that the body is the self and he points it out does yamaraj when he comes as a little boy to the queens of the king Suyagya, who are crying and then he says well what's wrong that our husband the king is gone he said he's not gone he's right there same eyes same nose same hands everything and then he reveals, he said, you never saw your husband. That's a shocking, you know, that's like one of those movies with a twist where like <laughs> all of a sudden you realize, oh, I haven't been looking at reality the whole time. I, I missed it completely. I mean, that's shocking. It's the most astounding thing in this world that 
actually everyone's carrying on like they know what they're doing. But actually nobody really knows until they have this, the knowledge that these two verses are presenting. And, uh, and it's not that it's so far away from us, it's very close. It's just that uh, as Prabhupada writes in the second uh, verse tonight, you said 28, yeah. So that's, he mentions that you have to have association with those who know this, who, who are tuned in, they're thinking of super soul. They're, they're aware that super souls in everyone's heart. And when you have that kind of association, then you'll pick up on it. You'll start to imbibe that also, which is another really important point. And that is that we're very, we're very susceptible to our environment. This is one of the points that Krishna makes throughout the Bhagavad Gita and also in the 13th chapter. Purusha prakritistohi, this is 22. Purusha prakritistohi bhumte prakriti jangunan. Because of your association, you develop a certain type of mentality. And you can see this for yourself, that whomever you associate with, you'll begin to develop the qualities of that person or persons. It's just inevitable. It's how, it's how the science works. Nice comments, Avantika. Thank you very much. Very well done. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Shri Madhva. Good to see you. Maharaj, I was just thinking, I mean, these days you have the, all these so many meetings in the organizations. And I was thinking that all the purpose of those meetings is to, to ensure that each of us in our own little department don't get into that tunnel vision in the sense we're solving one problem, but then creating problems in other parts of the organization. And the same thing when we go at an infinite level, is what is I think Bhagavad Gita is saying that look at how the super soul is in every individual and is motivating them based on their past karma basically to do various things. So that way we can look at their, you know, uh, what is that motivation is coming actually. I mean, super soul is reminding them this is why you got this body. And of course, you know, um, he's also sort of telling them when you follow that motivation and do something. And he's telling them you are suffering because of, you know, you followed your motivation. So you have to look for happiness somewhere else. So I was, I was sort of reflecting basically all the points you made today. Yeah. Were you saying in the beginning of your comments that about the meetings, which meetings were you talking about? So I was talking about the meetings in the organizations. There are yeah. meetings, we have meetings. We tend to get people from other parts of the organization. And the main purpose of that is to make sure that whatever we are doing, we are not causing problems in other parts of the organization. <laughs> that is the whole purpose of the meeting, basically. Because right. Yeah, that's a good point. It's very true also. Yeah, the silos, is, you know, they work in silos. This is the, the, the management paradigm is that there's a, there's a horizontal and vertical. Yeah intersection and the vertical has to do with the overarching purpose of the organization and the horizontal along the horizontal axis there are multiple projects that are meant to work towards the vertical ultimate purpose but then uh, there's a phenomenon called bounded rationality where those individuals begin thinking that they are all in all yeah. And they start uh, encroaching upon the other ones. And so 
as you're saying, and I'm just reiterating, the main purpose of management really is to balance those individual entities so that they can work towards the greater good, uh, towards the ultimate purpose that is. And when, as you were just doing now, expanding it into a universal level, and that's Varnashrama. Varnashrama divides everything up into segments so that everybody can work according to their propensity, but they keep in mind that the ultimate purpose is to attain Krishna. And if you don't have that in a society, then there's nothing to hold on to ultimately. There's nothing, nothing to hold on to it. Everything becomes relativized. Thank you. Thank you, Maharaj. There are some questions on the board, I think. Yeah, I can see them. It's just everyone, it's been coming in so fast and furious here on the uh, okay. Zoom that I haven't gotten to them yet. So uh, Ashrai Manava said, Om Tat Sat, questions for today's class will follow. Abhai, Abhai Modi says, if Lord created everything, then why Lord created demons? Well, actually, Krishna uh, creates a situation in which every soul can express itself. And it is the prerogative of each individual living entity to become more entangled in the material world and become a demon or become uh, oriented towards liberation, which is the devas who live in, in light and the demons live in darkness. So the Lord cr creates a, a universe that is uh, all accommodating. And it, it's not that the, the Lord creates demons or devotee or devas, but he creates a situation where the soul can adjust itself according to its desire. And Krishna says in the Gita, Samoham Sarvabhuteshu Name Dveshos Dinapriya. I don't uh, hate or like anybody. Uh, I'm equal to every living entity here in this material world. I give them equal opportunity to either elevate themselves or to degrade themselves. That's why he speaks Bhagavad Gita. He says, Yanti deva vrta devan pitran yanti pratirvata bhutani yanti bhuteja yanti mam Basically, he's saying you can go wherever you wish. <laughs> I'm just telling you how to do it. So, uh, this is uh, our duty to find out how to elevate ourselves, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, know how the energies work. And then he tells Arjuna, you know, have you understood, have you understood this, how to do it? And Krishna says, and Arjuna says, yes, because you've explained it to me, now my illusion is gone. So Abhai Modi Prabhu, if you have any follow-up on that, you can write it in the box. Um, then we have Alex and Valentina uh, with a reflection. We were walking through the forest and one man on the side of the road was trying to make a fire from some garbage and he was about 60 or 70 with colored hairs. And I was thinking, what are you doing with your life? How much time do you have? was a strong desire just to lift, lift him up and shake properly. <laughs> well, the best way to shake people is to give them 
as you are doing, Alex and Valentina, uh, books and prashadam and the holy names. That really shakes up the soul. Aditi said, what is the importance of holy places for devotees? Holy place is called a tirta. And the tirta is a bridge. The holy places are actually like embassies from the spiritual world. So when you go to a holy place, then you can feel what it's like in the spiritual world. If you go there uh, in the right association. And that's vital. Uh, but even more vital than the holy places are the tirtas, the walking tirtas, uh, that are the, the devotees, because they carry the Supreme Personality of Godhead or love for him within their hearts. And bhavad vida bhagavatas tirta bhuta swayam vibo tirta kurvanti tirtani santakstena gadabrata. Yudhishthira said to Vidura, Vidura, he said that you're a walking holy place. And everywhere you go, every, every place you go, you turn that into a holy place. And so the Shastra uh, recommends that uh, we come in contact with a walking Tirtha. And that's the most important holy place. In fact, the holy places are important, but people generally go there to leave their sinful reactions so they can become purified and then go back and commit some more sinful, sinful activities. And so actually the, 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 the saints, the walking churches go to the holy places and when they go there, they clean even the holy places from those sinful reactions. You'll find this in the ninth canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. When Ganga, Ganga Devi uh, was reluctant to come into the material world until she had some clear idea about how she would become divested of the sins that people would leave in her waters when they take the bath there. And the answer came that the, the, the sadhus, they'll take bath, they'll clean your waters by, by their uh, presence there. Girdhar says, I really like the point you mentioned about Maya and measuring. We're always marking off some small part of the world as our own context not handling the real truth of the complexity of the world. I was just remembering that a lot of the physics books I used to read begin with an equivalent of the following statement. The universe is all there is. There is nothing beyond it. If we really had to really consider the whole world, we would never be able to make up some kind of confident, arrogant conclusion about explaining everything. Yeah, so epistemology is really important. How you know what you know. What is your basis for understanding anything? And this is uh, vital because if you don't uh, have a proper way of understanding real knowledge and you don't have a, um, a clear authority to, um, that you accept that gives you knowledge, then you have infinite regress. You can question everything. Everything becomes relative. Therefore, uh, in our Shriya Shapanishad, Prabhupada starts in the introduction with describing where uh, perfect knowledge comes from. It comes from a perfect source, a person who's the ultimate person who has all knowledge and isn't uh, subject to the defects that uh, conditioned souls are in the material world. And therefore, you can take knowledge directly from that perfect source that is a purusheya. It's beyond the defects of 
the human, human mind and senses. And um, from that position, one can begin to readjust with having uh, an axiom to work around. And in the Gita, Prabhupada tells the, the reader that even if you don't uh, accept a Supreme Personality of Godhead, at least when you read this book, <laughs> accept that there's a perfect source and listen to it in that vein. Otherwise, what you listen to, you'll just relativize and it won't have the same effect upon you. Shamarupa Prabhu, he says, although I hear the philosophy of Gita and Bhagavatam, still the mind always drags to some distraction and tries to convince that something else is more important. How to stop the chattering of the mind and focus on Krishna? The best way is to increase uh, hearing Bhagavatam and Krishna consciousness. The, chat, the mind chatter uh, is there due to listening to, studying, uh, and fixating uh, upon other kinds of relative goals for many, many lifetimes. And the, the material world is like a forest, uh, being lost in a forest. And uh, Krishna describes, or Shukadeva does, rather in the Bhagavatam, that when you come to devotional service, like a traveler coming home after a long, long journey, so the purification that takes place from hearing and chanting includes the gradual diminishment of the chattering of the mind and uh, increase of focus on Krishna. I mean, it's, it's the process that works. Uh, hearing, it, hearing Krishna's names with attention and keep practicing and also uh, continue hearing from the sadhus and from the shastras. And then gradually the, the mind becomes transformed. It's just like uh, probably give the example of an iron rod. And when you put it in fire, it becomes fire-like. So similarly, the mind and the senses, sarvopati vanirmuktam tapratthena nirmalam rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhaktiruchate. When you engage your senses in Krishna's service, then they become purified as a natural result of practicing bhakti. Look at Sundarananda Prabhu. He says, uh, thank you for the point about seeing in the context of the super soul above the mental context. The whole process of Krishna consciousness helps us to rise above the context of the a con a, a, a above to the context of the super soul and our final reflection when you spoke about how Yamaraj tells the queens that they are ne they never saw their husband I was remembering his grace Rasika Shekhar Prabhu as Neelam and me saw him last when he came and lit the ghee lamp at the temple just before heading to work just in next few hours, he passed away. I felt the, the next day that I never got to see him in reality. Yeah. This is, uh, it's such a basic truth of the Bhagavad Gita and the Srimad Bhagavatam, but it is uh, the last thing that gets taught anywhere. Um, any so-called advanced education, 
doesn't include this topic that you're not your body. And for those who uh, are interested in advancing in spiritual life, the topic is nectarian, actually hearing that how I'm not my body and the ways in which to come to this stability in life, which is to see beyond the bodily concept. There's always a lot of yes, buts. Yes, but I'm doing this. Yes, but it, how, am I, how will it really work? <laughs> it works. The process works, but we have to work it. We have to work the process. And we also have to come to at least this position of understanding and being fixed in the super soul and understanding this concept Krishna is giving in the 13th chapter of the Gita, he calls the soul Purusha. For instance, he calls, uh, in the verse I quoted earlier, Prakrita uh, and Purusha are there, and he's saying the soul is like Purusha, which is another name for the super soul, but it's interchangeable throughout the Bhagavad Gita. Purusha Prakriti Stohi. He says the Purusha is situated within Prakriti, but what does he mean by that? The Acharyas say that this is very important to understand that you are an agent and whatever is happening in your life it is being caused by the way you're interacting with material nature. It's simply accommodating you. And so it's a remember that you're a Purusha in the sense that you're determining your own future. And you're determining what your position is within the material nature by the way you interact with it. And the only sensible way to interact with the world is to be Krishna conscious, is to see how Krishna is within everything and to constantly uh, take shelter of this, uh, I, of this reality that Krishna is there within the heart and the, that we're separate from the body. How's everybody doing? Well, you're all there just late at night listening to the Bhagavad Gita, totally dedicated. It's definitely that you're all right. I mean, it, it's, a, it's the part of the process just to hear from Krishna and the Gita and explanations and discussions about this because it's the only edifying process it's the only way to become oriented in such a way that we're not overwhelmed by the material nature. Do you find the material nature to be overwhelming sometimes? Yes. <laughs> yes. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah. It's daunting. And Krishna says, Daiva hi esha gunamayi mama maya duratyaya mameva ye prapadyante mayam etam tarantide. Easy to listen to that verse, say, yeah, I memorized that 20 years ago. And it just goes by my head. But listen, this is the solution of life. Daiva hi esha gunamayi mama maya duratyaya. I mean, Krishna's saying right in the, in the Gita over and over again, this is a hard place. It's a very difficult place and thinking, why isn't it nice here? How come everything doesn't go my way? Well, it, it's not going to. 
It's It's very difficult to go anywhere, Krishna says. This is a very harsh, difficult place to interact because the energy is so, um, first of all, gross. It's way grosser than we are, so we can't get any pleasure out of it, out of the material nature. And second of all, it's designed in such a way to aggravate us ultimately so that we uh, come to our senses. So you're not going to win in the material world. That's what Duratya means. Give up. You won't win. You can't win. And so they says, Mom, Eva ye prapadyante. What's the solution? Just tell Krishna. Tell it to him. I give up. I'm going to... You do it. Sakradeva uh, prapanoyas. In Ramayan, Lord Ramachandra says, if you say that one time with feeling, I'll always direct you, I'll always protect, I'll become your, your protector always. You just surrender one time. What to speak if you surrender two times or three times or five times or at every second? You just keep that mantra going like, Krishna, I give up. I surrender to you. You tell me what to do. Direct me. He said, then, Taranti, you can, you can go above Maya. Otherwise, it's very difficult. As soon as I move one iota into the consciousness that I can enjoy here, I can control this, just leave it to me, I'll deal with the de- details, I'm smart. Then next thing is, very difficult, impossible to deal with crushing and as soon as i move the other way that is krishna i take shelter of you then we're in the light and then we can actually feel instantly krishna's merciful voice within us saying that's all right i'll protect you and he does he gives us all help at, at every minute tesham satata yuktanam bhajatam pritipurvakam he gives intelligence from within the heart. One of the times you'll hear that intelligent, that intelligent voice of Krishna more than anything is when you do your, your bhajan. You know, do it nicely. You chant your rounds and then you do your reading. Uh, and then you'll, you'll feel, oh, Krishna's with me. His voice is there inside me. Don't you feel that? Then you feel like, what's the problem? Like Prabhupada used to say, what is the difficulty? If you have that, then there is no difficulty. Any other realizations that you're all having? Maharaj, this is Ashtar Madhav again. I just, I was just thinking that in the material world, we go through complex topics, through complex things we try to understand, but that always agitates us and disturbs us. Here also, today we are discussing, it's not simple, it's a, it's a complex topic we are discussing, but it gives us peace of mind. Um, it doesn't agitate us. It says that, you know, you know, there is someone out there who is taking care of you, so you don't need to get disturbed. But in material world, you know, we are relying too much on ourselves or maybe someone else, maybe boss. 
So it, it always disturbs us because whomever we are relying, we know that we have seen examples of that thing or those people go away basically, right? They leave or they, you know, they get fired or laid off whom we depend on. So it always disturbs us. We are not sure, right? We are doing the right thing or not. But here we know that, okay, there is someone, you know, who is giving us the supreme knowledge to you know, protect us. It gives us peace. I don't know from where it comes, but there is a sense of peace when we hear these words. Yeah, nice points to try, Manava Prabhu. Thank you very much. In Vrindavan, you'll notice that during Krishna's Leela with his devotees, whenever there's difficulty, they always call out to Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, please help me. So we can do that. We just practice that we call out to Krishna. Uh, don't try to solve it yourself. Take shelter of Lord Chaitanya. I was listening to Prabhupada talking about how important Lord Chaitanya is to us. That really, his mercy overflows the banks. And it just goes in every direction. It, it, everybody gets it because he's so overwhelmed with ecstasy. And he just distributes his mercy to everybody. And you'll notice places in the, in the Chaitanya Charamrita where the author Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami says his, his, his mercy acts automatically. And so Prabhupada's talking in various places about the importance of taking shelter of Lord Chaitanya and taking shelter of his names. Because in chanting the holy name, which is the ultimate process, I mean, actually, vacham vacha kami itu deiti bhavato nama surupa dvayam. The name of Krishna is even more merciful than Krishna himself. Because even if you've offended Krishna, then if you take shelter of the name, then uh, you'll be purified. I mean, Krishna's name follows us everywhere and gives us opportunity. However, then there's offenses to be considered. You have to be a little reverent when you chant the holy name. But with Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he doesn't even consider offenses because he's, he's uh, Kaviraj goes, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says he's so absorbed in, in ecstasy that he's like a a person, an emperor becomes intoxicated and he goes into his treasury and he takes out all the, the jewels and he goes down to the common road and then everybody walking by dancing, singing in intoxication, he just gives it away for free, gives away all the family heirlooms, everything. And so, Anarpita Charim Chirat Karunya Yavatir Nikalau, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is giving out the greatest uh, kinds of gifts to everybody without even asking for ID or, you know, who are you or uh, the no price, just giving it away for free everywhere. So if, if we take shelter of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his teachings, his name, and then uh, we go on with the process of Krishna consciousness, it's, it's a, a, an ocean of mercy that comes flooding into our lives. I can remember the first time uh, being in the San Francisco temple when I first joined, just the environment. It was so amazing. But they they always had, like, especially in the kitchen, there was uh, Prabhupada singing uh, Kirtan. 
and he was singing the the Panchatapa Mahamantra. And I I I just remember that you know Prabhupada was saying the Lord Chaitanya is the ocean of mercy, and he's singing his names: Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasudev Gorbhaktarinda, and you can feel it. In fact, if you go in a kirtan and you sing these names, Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasudev Gorbhaktarinda. Once I was in Honolulu with a friend of mine, God brother, and we were traveling and. He led the kirtan, and when he when he there was lots of guests there and devotees. It was uh, uh, crowded in the temple room, and he started singing the the kirtan, and he was singing for maybe fifteen times, fifteen mantras of Sri Krishna Chaitanya, and I watched every mantra that the, the everybody in the room started getting more and more ecstatic, and pretty soon they were just dancing with abandon, and I was thinking, wow the power of Lord Chaitanya's names. And, the, and we have the Panchatapha Mahamantra. So if we take shelter of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, when you remember Lord Chaitanya, then difficult things become easy. And when you forget him, then easy things become difficult. Simple formula. And the best way is to chant his names and uh, follow his process, just as he taught it, really simply. And... Uh, it's the Kali Yuga, so everything can be attained by the process given by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Shrisha's given a thumbs up. Okay, well, we've come to the end of our time. So let's chant the Panchatapha Mahamantra and Hare Krishna. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gauradhara Shivasari Gauravaktarinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Can everyone please unmute and say Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Natural Marman, 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 Nat